Good afternoon, glorious devotees. Good afternoon, <laughs> There was a similar intonation in a movie. Good morning, Vietnam. Maybe some some of you saw it. How many of you here have experienced some? <clears throat> pleasure in the entertainment of Mr. Robin Williams. Mm. And you're all Krishna's devotees. So we hear of Ajnata Sukriti. Mm. That's Ajnata Sukriti. You have experienced some pleasure by his entertainment. And he is Receive great spiritual benefit. Didn't try for it. He was just doing his job. Entertaining people. And now his future inclination to enter into spiritual consciousness has begun because you were entertained because you smiled because you were pleased or you laughed or you opened a door for someone and yours begun or you bought a book or you heard some singing there is nothing that we can do on this plane of material existence that gives us that spiritual benefit of our own volition. This is not something that's received through any endeavor on the part of the living entity. So, today I have a very daunting task to say something about Vrindavanishwara Shirada. It's it's something that generally is shied away from by our predecessors. And when they do speak of such high topics they do it with such a level of awe and reverence that it brings tears to your eyes to even think of the level of complete awe and reverence, of complete falling to, the, to, to even the the sense of what Radha 
gives Krishna. We cannot conceive of it. It's beyond our comprehension. Pujala Ragapantha Gorava Bangay. This is our approach to Radha. We are simply worshipping the ground that she walks on. The realm that she is the Ishware of. We're living in a world world of Jagadishwara. This is his world. He's created this world here. But he doesn't live in it. He lives in her world. She is Vrindavanishwari. Her land is Vrindavan. And he lives in her land. And she's in charge. The Iswara. Here, ah, we have some Krishna, he's in charge. Some expansion of him. Actually, the Gaudiyas, their sense of, of what is the highest, and we will gradually try to peek behind that curtain and have a glimpse of what is that realm like. If it was not but for pleasing Radha, we would have no interest in Krishna. That is the Gaudiya Vaishnav approach to love of God. This is, is unheard of when it comes to spirituality in the world of man. And it's only available, it's very rare, and it's only available in the association of Krishna when he is trying to taste that. This is Sri Chaitanya Sankirtan movement. Freely giving the absolute highest conception of spirituality. A conception wherein we are setting aside the Vishnu and we are worshipping Krishna's innermost lover. So with anything in this line of Gaudiya Vaishnavism our approach is through Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So in preparing for this class, I was reading Swami Tripurari's Sikshastikam, specifically the last two verses of this wonderful prayer. And these two last two verses speak of what? They speak of the priogen, the goal, what we are ultimately meant to attain in our spiritual pursuit, both in being with Krishna and being separated from him. And in his concluding remarks, Swami Tripurari says, this is a prayer we need to chant daily. So I've printed out some copies. You take it, you learn it, you chant it daily. 
Older devotees are already chanting daily. And although I will not start on explaining Shikshastikam because once I start, <laughs> I mean people that came to Winston-Salem when I was spoke there, we were a year and a half every class, wasn't it? <laughs> and we didn't complete the job. So I won't start today. I have some little area I want to go in, but uh, we'll chant this because this is, this is our spiritual life. These eight stanzas are our spiritual practice, our spiritual aspiration, and our spiritual attainment. There is nothing of the Krishna consciousness Sankirtan movement of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that is not contained in these eight stanzas. When explained fully, and no one can explain them fully. So let's chant these together. <clears throat> and we'll do a little emphasis on the last two, and then we'll discuss a little bit. We'll walk on the wild side, so to speak. Now, some would say, well, what do you mean? We're going to walk on the wild side? Oh, we're going to talk about Swakia and Parakia. Is that how wild we're going to get today? No. That's not our approach at all. But we are going to talk about the total immersion of our consciousness in spiritual, in a, in a spiritual aesthetic of life, which is the mood the loving, complete self-surrender of Krishna's dear most. So we can chant together. Sheto darpanam arjanam bhava mahadavagni nirvapanam shreya kairava chandrika vitaranam vidyavadu jivanam anandam budivardanam Pratipadam punamritas vadanam Sarvatmastapanam param Vijayate Shri Krishna Sankirtanam Nam namakadi bahudani jasarva shaktish Tritarpitani amitas marane nakala Itadrasi tavakripa bhagavan mamapi Durdaiva midrisami hajanina nuraga Trinada pisuni chena Tarora pisuhisuna Amanena marudena Kirtaniya sadahari Nadanam najanam nasundarim Kavitram vajagad ishakamai Mama janmani janmani swari Bhavatad Bhaktira Haitiki Twai Ainanda Tanuja Kinkaram Patitam Shame Udao Kripaya Tavapada Pankaja Stita Duli Sadri Sambachintaya Mayanam Galadasrudaraya 
Vadadam Gadada Rudara Gira Ulakarnichitam Babukada Tavanamagrahan Deva Vishyati Yugaitam Namishena Chakshusha Pravrisaitam Sunyaitam Chagat Sarvam Govinda Vidahename Aslishyavapadaratam Punastuvam Adarsanam Marmahatam Gorotuva Yatatatava Vidatatulampato so this last verse, the great Acharyas have pointed out, is actually spoken by Srimati Radharani. He may embrace me, devoted as I am to his feet, or he may torment me and break my heart by hiding from me. Being a playboy is free to do whatever he likes. For he alone is the Lord of my life. So these last two verses from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, at the height of his ecstatic emotion in trying to taste the sweetness of love, of Radha's love for Krishna, speak to both the, the stage of separation and the stage of union. Very, very high topics. Very, very, very central to an understanding of, of, of loving exchange on the spiritual level. So we're talking about a gradual progression from our objective consciousness, objective in that everything here we try to make the object of our enjoyment. So we live in a very objective world. We judge things according to our uh, 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 that kind of a perspective. We determine what's good and bad according to our perception. Your good may be my bad, my bad may be your good. It's changing all the time. When we take to spiritual life, we have to come to a platform where we, we look at things differently. We have to come to the platform where we look to to things through the eyes of Shastra, through the eyes of Sadhus, and through the eyes of those teachers that specifically that that teacher that most inspires and nourishes our personal spiritual growth our spiritual master or masters there's so much to learn our ears are open to everybody who has anything to say which is going to help me develop my character not my material character not my material discrimination not a gross discrimination that that simply sets up a framework of judgment of what is right and what is wrong no, a discrimination of what is spiritual and what is not spiritual. That's the discrimination we want. So, approaching spirituality. What a thing. So, we're going to talk about that. Approaches. And we hear much of, of Krishna's playground, where Krishna lives. We're going to talk about 
How is that that we can approach? How, how, let's look at the way other devotees have approached this so that we don't make the mistake of approaching in the wrong way. How wondrous is that place beyond our imagination? We come to that time in Krishna's Leela, his manifest pastimes, Prakat. Prakat means he comes and he displays. He he sets up a stage and he puts on a performance for people that are completely engrossed in material existence. And the great sages observe that performance and from that they see what is the nature of the Lord in his most confidential loving exchanges. So they approach Vrindavan, the Vrindavan pastimes. And they they look from afar and they observe. And what do we see? Well, let's take, for example, Akrora. He's sent to Vrindavan to do the most... Well... Hmm, like his name says, he, he just doesn't live up to his namesake. Makarora, the one that, that sets aside cruelty, kind person. Unfortunately for the residents of Vrindavan, he was exactly the opposite. How can he call himself that? He wants to take Krishna away. But I'm going to speak just a couple verses that he said so that we get an, a sense of Vrindavan. What is he thinking? What is his prospect? He's been sent to Vrindavan. Oh, he's been sent by the cruelest of men, but still, he's been sent. He didn't run off like the other Yadus to the caves and to the forests when Kamsa took control of everything and started persecuting the, the righteous people of the world. No, he stayed at Kamsa's side. He saw, maybe there's some prospect here for me because I know I don't like the man either. <laughs> I don't think he has any redeeming qualities, but if I'm his minister, maybe there'll be some good fortune there because I know Krishna is going to dispatch him. How could he not? He's so cruel. And I'm not cruel. So, I would do something good from this. So he sent to bring Krishna to save his parents who are really at the end of their rope. They're tied up, shackled in a prison house. It comes as really, well, it's a long story. And you've already had a John Mosterman. But basically, Narda stirred things up as Narda does. So, so let's read, let's, let's hear a couple verses. This is from the 38th chapter of the 10th canto. The Supreme Lord has no favorite and no dear most friend. Nor does he consider anyone undesirable, despicable, or fit to be neglected. All the same, he lovingly reciprocates with his devotees in whatever manner 
they worship him. Just as the trees of heaven fulfill the desires of whoever approaches them. Krishna is equal to all. He mentions it in Bhagavad Gita later in his Leela with Arjuna. He brings the point home that he is he's he's inclined towards his devotees. We touched upon this when. It's actually such an important attribute of of Sambandha Gyan that what? It's one of the ten major items of Srimad Bhagavatam. Protection by the Lord for his devotees. Mm-hmm. Akur goes on. Today all my sinful reactions have been eradicated. Gone. And my birth has become worthwhile. Since I will offer my obeisances to the Supreme Lord's lotus feet which mystic yogis meditate upon. Just approaching Vrindavan, just thinking of what it's going to be like to see Krishna. If we can have that darshan, everything negative in our existence is immediately washed away. Imagine. You don't have to imagine. You can experience it daily. You bathe daily in the holy name. Everything that's inauspicious is bathed away. If you can put your mind at bay. But you have to do that. You have to practice that. So Akrora is thinking, Ah, my life is now perfect. I am going to see Krishna today. He's going to embrace me. I'm going to touch his lotus feet. That's that's the perf- that's it. I have finally made. I have arrived. I am going to be completely purified on this occasion. That's his approach to Vrindavan. I won't dwell on the other aspects of Chris- of Arkura's part in the play, but please. Don't feel too badly about him. It was it was a special arrangement. So Brahma, he also approached Vraj and he wanted to make sure that was this was his Krishna. And we know the pastime, the Brahma Vimohan Leela, where he stole the cowherd boys. And at the end of this Leela he offered prayers to Krishna. And in these prayers he expresses what is the standard of the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. And what's his conclusion? Well, he has a lot of conclusions in those prayers. Study them. They're really enlightening. But after he admits the fact that I, who am the great and glorious Brahma, <laughs> you know, like that other movie we all grew up with, where the technicolor came in, Brahma was standing behind the curtain of material existence and saying, I got it covered. I'm the great and glorious Brahma. 
And this little cowherd boy, I could never begin to understand him. But in those prayers, he says something very significant regarding, and he's the leader of the Sampradaya. We're in. He's, he's the great, great, great grandfather. So he goes on in his prayers. He says this, My mind becomes bewildered just trying to think of what reward other than you could be found anywhere. You are the embodiment of all benedictions. And then he says, My greatest possible fortune the greatest thing I could attain would be to take any birth whatever in this forest of Gokula and have my head bathed by the dust falling from the lotus feet of any of its residents. Their entire life and soul is the supreme personality of Godhead Mukunda the dust of whose lotus feet is still being searched for in the Vedic mantras. Let's talk about a, the approach of another exemplar. This other exemplar, and maybe you can guess who it is, Krishna has so much regard for that he says to him, you are my favorite devotee. I love you more than my own self. That'll get you scratching your head. Here is the Supreme Lord telling His devotee, I love you more than I love myself. You are the best devotee. Wow. What an amazing, amazing statement. The, the sadhus have said, well, Krishna's equal to all of His devotees. And, but when he's with a particular devotee, he becomes overwhelmed with emotion. And he was overwhelmed. So, yes, Uddhava's more dear to Krishna than himself. But so is all of his devotees. We should never make this mistake of judging, the, judging people who are coming Krishna consciousness we, we, we judge association who can help me in whose company will I be nourished the most that we judge but we're, care, we're careful to understand that Krishna is equally loving all of his devotees all of his great servants Uddhava is sent to Vrindavan by Krishna personally Uh, immerse yourself in that. That's in the 10th canto also. He was sent there on the pretext of, of, of pacifying because Krishna couldn't get back. Why? Because he was in the company of other devotees who loved him so much he couldn't drag himself away. This is the this is there's a constant struggle between these different camps of devotees. Once they get Krishna in their camp, he's not they're they're putting up walls, they're setting up forts, they're putting guards at the door. They're doing whatever they can. We can't let Krishna go back there. He's got to stay here. 
Krishna's like, oh, you love me that much? You don't want me to go? I won't go. But his heart's breaking inside. But my, my, my people, I grew up, I can't forget them. And Krishna's crying. What can I do? What do I do? Uddhava, 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 you are my best counselor. You're at the, if I, you tell me, what, what can I do in this situation? I have these people pulling here and these people pulling here. What do I do? So he sends Uddhava. He says, you, well, you look pretty much like me and you dress up in what I throw away and I think you'll, you'll be able to pacify them. You go there and, and you, 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 you settle them down. Why don't you give them a little bit of that Vedic knowledge? You know? <laughs> Let's try to let's try to get them on the spiritual platform. I mean, they're on this bodily platform, they think they got to be with me, and you know, let's just explain things as they are. Yeah, well, he tried, he couldn't succeed. He was taught what really uh, love is. I always liked some rock song that says, "Show me what love is." I want to know what love is. All the kids come in. I want to know what love is. <laughs> so, Uddhava's there, and he's amongst all these gopis, and they are saying, they, he, their hearts are broken. They're just, they're overwhelmed. Overwhelmed to the point that they talk to bumblebees as if they can understand what they're saying. He experiences this, and what he finds out is I, there's no amount of philosophy, there's nothing that I can speak to these residents of Vrindavan to, to mend their broken heart. It's not possible. All the philosophy in the world is not going to help. Now, sometimes it helps us in this world, don't we notice? A loved one will die and the priest will come over and it's okay. And they're in a better place. Yeah, sure they are. And, you know, you don't have to worry. They're looking down on you and looking out for you. And, you know, and you're like, your heart's broken. It's like, uh, yeah, right. But then after a while, somehow you go through those stages of grief and some of that philosophy of the soul is, comes in and we can go on with life even though our life has been ripped away from us. It doesn't work with the gopis at all. Not in the least bit. After having that association, Uddhava speaks the following. Because he thought he knew what love was. The gopis of Vrindavan have given up the association of their husbands, sons, and other family members who are very difficult to give up. And they have forsaken the path of chastity to take, take, to take shelter of the lotus feet of Mukunda, Krishna, which one should search for by Vedic knowledge. Oh, let me be fortunate enough to become one of the bushes creepers, or herbs in Vrindavan. Because the gopis trample them and bless them with the dust of their lotus feet. The head of our Sampradaya, I'll take any birth there. Uddhava. 
Uddhava, who in a state of ecstasy, Krishna said, is more dear to him than his own self. He arrives at the same conclusion. I'll be a bush, I'll be a tree, I'll be anything. And maybe one of the gopis will touch me with her lotus foot. Then I'll be perfect. We go forward in time. Those manifest pastimes have been wrapped up. And the great Vyasadeva has, has given a literature for this fallen age of man. And that, that spiritual knowledge is being imparted by Sukadeva Goswami. What is his approach to Srimati Radharani? He can't even speak her name. 18,000 verses? The topmost lover of Krishna? And he, he is so respectful and so knowledgeable of the level of emotion that comes in glorifying her that he cannot even mention her name. Just some little, some little hint. He's afraid if he even says those syllables, Radhe, he won't be able to pull himself back and continue the discourse that is the fruitful culmination of Maharaj Pariksit's life. So he avoids even saying. But there's a hint. Anybody aware of the hint? The hint spoken by whom? Ah. This hint is spoken. He does mention through the lips of the competitor to Radha. Anyaradadito nunam Bhagavan Harir Ishvara Yan no Vihaya Govinda Pritro Yam Anayad Raha. Certainly, this particular gopi has perfectly worshipped the all-powerful personality of Godhead. This particular gopi. Govinda, since he has was so pleased with her that he abandoned the rest of us and brought her to a secluded place. How are we to even think of approaching this subject? Approaching this subject. That we would even... even even dare even dare to think that that we can understand the essence of Krishna's consort's love for him. We become fearful of even saying her name. But to enter into that understanding, that height of understanding is our priority. 
Our goal is to what? Radhadas. We want to serve in that camp. We want to serve that mood. Everything in Vrindavan, as I said, is what? It's under her direction. All the various gopis are embodiments of what? Different ecstatic, ecstatic emotional loves that she, she is trying to, to manifest to serve Krishna. They're all her expansions. Unimaginable. So as I said, if we're gonna if we're gonna approach approach this standard, we're gonna approach humbly in trying to gain some understanding. Why? Why do we approach? Why would we even why would we even be so bold? is to think that we should even think about Madhurya Ross. So much caution is there. So much regard, so much worship that my Srila Prabhupada's spiritual masters, Pujala Raghapanta, Guru we simply, we simply. Our position is this. We do not even follow Rupa Goswami's recommendation of staying near the bathing place of Radha. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati did not set up a, hut, a camp at Radha Kund. <coughs> he went to Govardhan. He said, if they need my service, they'll call for me. I will not be so bold as to live there. Such regard, such caution is there in approaching these subjects. Why would we even think in, in our fallen condition to, 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 to contemplate these most intimate of pastimes? Why? It's a necessity of our spiritual advancement. We have to. We are not it these pastimes of Radha and Krishna are the pastimes that do what? They cleanse from our heart the lust for material enjoyment. I am uh, I am full of lust, but the sadhus are saying to eliminate my lust. I must hear of the loving exchanges of Radha and Krishna. Well, shouldn't I get rid of my lust first? There's nothing you can do to get rid of your lust. Look at these sages. There are, there are, there are yogis out there that, that you pale in comparison to. You couldn't even hold up their shoes performing austerities that are unimaginable for lifetimes upon lifetimes. They've controlled all their breathing and all their senses. Some of them have, have done unimaginable feats. But then all of a sudden they see two fish <laughs> and eons 
of yogic endeavor are washed away. And they immediately want a harem. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we're thinking, oh, let me first be able to follow all the regulations that are put forth by my guru, and then he'll give me initiation? No. Initiation means beginning. And guess what? We'll never be able to follow them all. My spiritual master said, if I even told them all to you, you'd faint. (laughs) We're in a very precarious position. But despite that, the sages and the saints, they're telling us, you need to hear these pastimes of Radha and Krishna. But how? How do we approach? Pujala Ragapanta. We're worshiping those pastimes. We're worshiping. We're falling down in the dust on the bank of the Yamuna where these pastimes were performed. And we're saying, please, you wash me. Sheto Darpanamarjana. Let me hear these pastimes so that I can serve in that capacity. However long it takes. It's such a high thing. Who are we to say, well... I'm going to end it in one life. I'm going to become Krishna's purity. Yeah, right. No. You're not going to become anything. If you want to become anything in this plane of existence, in this subjective realm of spiritual life, then you have to be completely self-sacrificing. Das, das, anu das. I am simply here to somehow or other please Krishna's devotees. Engage people in the process. Hear from my spiritual master and try to let others hear. And yes, we do come to a plane at a time in our hearing where we hear of these intimate pastimes of Madhurya Ras. And we approach them in the most humble of ways. And we worship them. So this entrance into the understanding is available to us as with everything, our best approach is how? Through Shaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we approach through that intimate conversation between Sri Shaitanya and Ramananda Roy. This is our approach to the pastimes of Radha Krishna. First, what is the beginning of the conversation? Elimination, elimination, elimination. Lord Chaitanya eliminates so much, so much that we thought was spiritual. Ramananda Roy's leading the way. Oh, yes, Varnashram. Lord Chaitanya's, yeah, I'm not interested in that. Oh, yes, Niskarma Karma Yoga. No, that's not going to do it for me. Elimination, elimination, elimination until what? 
until we come to an exchange with the Lord in love. Love, that is the key to our advancement in true spiritual life. What kind of love? They're all equal. But if we're going to analyze them, and that's kind of our nature coming from this side, from the objective side. On the objective side, what? Maya. What's Maya? What's one of her symptoms? Measure. Let me measure. In comparison to me, I'm so much better than this person, or I'm so much, or this is better, or that is better, this is higher, and that is lower. Well, actually, on the spiritual side, when you're in loving emotion, your loving emotion is your loving emotion, and you're going to be completely immersed in it. I won't get into to deep things today, our windows of opportunity. You have the magnanimous, magnanimous spiritual authority to let you give you some glimpse of these higher things. But we have some, some window of opportunity coming in the wake of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through this Sampradaya. But that window of opportunity all points to Rindavan Ishvari. Those, that window of opportunity points to that complete self-sacrifice which is serving the loving exchange of Srimati Radharani for Sri Krishna. But let us be careful to always approach this as we see has been done by those coming before us. So what do we find? We find Bhakti Siddhanta won't even won't even but Rupa Goswami, Rupa Goswami, what is his position? Abhideya Guru. He's the Abhideya authority of, the, of our Sampradaya. He gives us the way to perform our service. And he's saying at the end of Upadeshamrita, what's he saying? You take up residence there at Radha Kund and you bathe where Radha bathes. Bhakti Siddhanta is saying, I'll take some water and put it on my head. Touch that water with my foot? I wouldn't dream of it. So much regard. So much regard. Unimaginable. The level of humility required to obtain mercy. Bhakti Siddhanta. I'll close up with with something that's a little shocking. I like shocking things. I like shocking people. I like shaking the tree. I found this again in, in reading uh, Upadeshamrita. Uh, reading the Upadeshamrita that was uh, Bhakti Rakshak Shridhar Maharaj's uh, commentary. I don't know if he directly wrote it or if it was commentary compiled from his conversations, which the majority of his books that we have access to are that. Most of what he actually penned, I believe, he penned in, in Sanskrit. But he brings this out about Prabhupada. He was, he was Bhaktivedanta's uh, godbrother, 
Bhakti Siddhanta was their spirit, both of their spiritual masters, and uh, there's some some very close history there. So we hold Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Dave Goswami in very very high regard, as our spiritual master did, Sridhar Prabhupada. So he tells of the mentality that he received from Bhakti Siddhanta when it comes to what is truly Gaudiya Vaishnavism. (laughs) It's not Vaishnavism at all. We're not from that camp. That's not our aspiration. Not Vaishnavas. Our aspiration is what? According to Bhakti Siddhanta, we are Sudha Saktas. Super super Shaktas. Sudha Saktas. Now, in the material realm, put it in a little perspective and try to explain it a little bit. In the material realm, if we look back to Krishna's birth, this ideal, we see when Krishna was switched, and that's a whole story, and maybe we won't go there, but anyway, when he was supposedly switched, and 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 he carried and carried back, the, you know, the the offspring of, of supposed offspring of Mother Yasoda, and Kamsa came to kill what he thought was Krishna and picked up the child and saw, no, it's a baby girl. She slipped from his hands, fell into the sky, and at that time we found out what she's the material Shakti. She's the embodiment. She's going to be worshipped all over the planet. For what purpose? She's the Shakti, the energy of the Supreme. And the materialist wants what? He's not really interested in God, but he really wants everything God's given. (laughs) So he worships the energy. We worship the energetic source. We're Vaishnavs. We worship Vishnu. <laughs> and Bhakti Siddhanta is saying, not really. That's not my aspiration. I'm worshipping on the other side. I'm worshipping the energy. But I'm worshipping the perfect energy. The perfect energy is Srimati Radharani. She is what? She is Prem. She is love. She is what Krishna exchanges his most intimate love with. We worship her, so we're Sudha Saktis. We're also worshipers of the energy. But on the other side, on the subjective side. But outside of this group, I wouldn't go out there and tell them that you're not a Vaishnava. (laughs) they probably will not understand but when we sit intimately and we look on a special day 
in every year and we enter into an understanding of what is Vrindavan Ishvari, the queen of Krishna's domain. In that spiritual realm which is the highest, God does not reign supreme. Love of God reigns supreme. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Any question? So if we're going to be a perfect Vaishnav, then we have to go to this perfect... I mean, you know, what you're saying, it's just if we're going to worship the perfect energy, we have to go to another level of Vaishnavism. Isn't that essentially what you're saying? We're always going, yes. We're always going to another level. Continually. Mm-hmm. It's always a process of elimination. We have to take care that we don't become stagnant, that we don't become um, shackled by our, you know, by our mentalities that need to be put aside, our provisional, our provisional outlook on on life needs to be replaced by the spiritual outlet, and it's always elimination, elimination, elimination. And the second we quit that discrimination, we stop using fine discrimination coming through the line of disciplic succession. And believe me, they have more to teach us than we can even begin to imagine. We are always students in that realm. It will not end. It will just become more and more and more pleasurable. And we'll enter into more and deeper and more profoundly enriching understandings as we progress, as we chant day and night, as we associate with the sadhus through their books, as we serve the feet of our spiritual master and listen to the words emanating from his lotus lips. As we go on in this way, we need to continually be cleansing ourselves. But it's no effort it's nothing nothing on your part. Don't think that you're going to break through into the kingdom of spiritual subjective consciousness. If you are laying on the ground and bathing in the foot desk of Krishna's devotees, then there is some prospect. We serve. We're already perfectly situated. Don't think that you have to go anywhere else and do anything else. You do what your spiritual master, what his bidding is. You have a perfect siddha You have a perfect opportunity now to serve a perfect master. Forget the past that sleeps, what you were. Forget the future that you think you might be. Live where you are now, serve perfectly, chant sincerely, hear everything that you can about Krishna, and engage fully, immerse yourself in the kirtan of Lord Chaitanya. If you do that, your life is perfect. That's the problem. We are always thinking every, the grass is greener. 
Your spiritual master's already given you all you need to be completely, fully immersed in bhava. Just take it in. In the beginning, it may not come right away. You may not taste of nectar. But when you hear, when you see the devotees, when, you see, when that trickle comes down from your eye, when you look at the deities, when your hair stands on end, through the mercy of, of the paraphernalia, just the paraphernalia of Krishna's devotees, to touch what they wore. Such a great thing. <laughs> we can't imagine. I remember Nanda Kumar. Nanda Kumar was my spiritual master's servant for some time. I was in Los Angeles and he had come and he was always very, very, very dedicated to giving the remnants from Srila Prabhupada's plates to all the devotees. <laughs> he walked up to me once and he's holding Prabhupada's plate and he hands me an orange peel where Prabhupada had, had taken the orange, the essence of the orange. And I looked and I looked at the plate and there's a sandation. <laughs> and he looked at me and he taught me a lesson. He said, Prabhupada touched that with his lips. He didn't even pick that up. What do you want? I ate the whole peel. You're expressing a fondness for Robin Williams, and I just want to share with the devotees and with you in particular that um, in his early days, Shamwal taught him the mind. His mind teacher. Oh. He was also in Popeye with him, so he knew Robin Williams. Was a past with him and was very taken when he heard the first. And I, I told him that you know he was gone. He just immediately started crying. You know. I appreciated what you said at the beginning. Thank you. So we're blessed. Live in the blessing. Be happy. Don't fight. Don't fight with each other. It won't serve this group to fight, to find fault. We're not interested in that. Don't do this. Thank you. Thank you.